As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. Deals and money. We are constantly seeking deals and money as real estate investors. And I bet you're having a challenge right now, especially with deals, if you're like most real estate investors, because it's tough to find deals right now. But here's the thing. There's a competitive advantage out there that when implemented, it will help you accomplish your objective of getting more deals and or getting more investors. And that is having a great follow-up system. Having a great follow-up is one of the keys to success in real estate and follow-up boss is the leading CRM for real estate. This is the system you need in place so you can reach out to owners and brokers directly for deals or you can follow up with your investors and you do it all in one spot. The CRM makes it 10 times faster to call and text owners then integrates those into a software so nothing slips through the cracks. The follow-up boss conversion system and powerful management tools help align your methods and drive growth that otherwise it could have been missed and probably would have been missed. Go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever to get a system in place. And if you need help, they got you covered. Followup Boss offers experts seven days a week. You can pick up the phone and speak to an actual human being anytime during business hours. Visit followupboss.com forward slash best ever to check out how much time you could save by streamlining your follow-up process. Best ever listeners, they're treating you extra special. You get an extended 30-day free trial twice the length of the normal trial for a limited time, go to followupboss.com forward slash best ever and perfect your follow-up. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Are we cut out for this? And we just kept going and not giving up and finally created a stride and a niche and went all in on that and tweaked and really developed a business out of it. So I would just say, don't give up. Hello, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Ash Patel and I'm with today's guest, Liz Faircloth. Liz is joining us from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. She is the co-founder of the DeRosa Group, which has $130 million of assets under management. Liz is also co-founder of Invest Her, a community that empowers women in real estate. Liz, thank you for joining us. And how are you today? Great. Thank you so much, Ash, for having me. Thank you for having me on here today. Doing wonderful. Good. It's our pleasure to have you, Liz. Before we get started, can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? 
sure. So long story short, my husband and I, at the time, boyfriend and I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. We were both in two different professional careers. I was going to become a social worker. My husband was an engineer or at the time, my boyfriend at the time, an engineer, both on our tracks of our professional careers. And my brother-in-law handed me Rich Dad, Poor Dad 16 years ago and said, you have to read this. And I said, why? And I did. And I think forever was changed. I think you probably heard that. And I certainly get that on our podcast a lot, but it really did. It changed my whole way of thinking about everything, Ash. And that was 16 years ago. So that really prompted me and Matt at the time to start taking courses at our local RIA meeting. We took courses for a year and then went door to door, knocking on doors, doing what, like grassroots, finding our first deal. And we found a duplex. That was 16 years ago. We bought our first property. We didn't have the money. We needed about 30K to buy the property and also to renovate and didn't have it. My father loaned us money. So it was our first private money deal. We then since grew our business that way through private money and doing it that way. But that was our first private money deal was my father. And that really launched us into investing. We then launched DeRosa Group in 2005, got involved in a bunch of different aspects of investing, to be honest from commercial to raw land to flipping, you name it, Ash, we did it (laughs) early on. We were a little all over the place until we really went all in on multifamily and started to grow our portfolio, partnering with other people. So we have about 130 million under control and management and have been growing since in terms of the larger multifamily space. Value add, workforce housing, we tend to invest in more workforce housing up and coming communities where we are right now. Even location-wise, we've evolved. All of our projects are from New Jersey, and then we've evolved kind of to the South. We do a lot in Kentucky and North Carolina now. So that's in terms of our focus for real estate investing. And throughout that process, doing a lot of deals with my partner, Andressa, and we said we had a shared passion and a need to bring women together in this space. So that's what we're up to. We have a community, we have a membership, we have a conference coming up to really empower women to live a financially free and balanced life. So have a lot of different passions, but that's what's keeping me very busy these days because it's just neat to see women take on their own financial futures and grow their wealth. Thank you, Liz. And your boyfriend turned husband, <laughs> Matt Faircloth, who I had the pleasure of meeting at the best ever conference this year. Wonderful person. So you've built this incredible company here. I want to get into that, but I want to ask you what the inspiration was behind trying to get women to be more self-empowered with their financial future. Yeah, it's funny. You know, when you get into something and then you look back and I was talking to my sister about a year into invest her and she goes, you know, you've always had this passion, Liz. I said, what are you talking about? She goes, do you remember in in graduate school? And she told me a story and you do a lot in life and you don't always remember different pieces of what you did. So 20 years ago, when I was in graduate school, I actually created a business plan to support women in, it wasn't financial freedom. Because at that point, I was just starting my real estate investing tenure, if you will. But it was about supporting women in living their life on their own terms and safety. So I was in social work school. And all the people that I was working with in my field placements were mostly women. And these were women who had a mental illness. They were getting physically abused, mentally abused. They weren't worried about financial freedom, right? They were looking to survive. They were looking for safety. So my passion to support women was always there. I think that really launched that when I was early in my 20s. And then for many years, Ash, I was in corporate world. So as my husband and I decided to build our investing business, he quit his job. I got a job actually in sales, basis of like rich dad, poor dad. I actually didn't get a job in social work. So during that tenure of me really focused on corporate, I was always gravitating to the coaching, the workshops, and the supporting women in in corporate life. I worked with everyone. I worked with presidents of companies, men, women, and I loved working with both. But I really got a lot of energy from that. 
So when I came together with Andressa, we actually were working and supporting each other. We were doing a number of flips together. And about four years ago, we would be together in a Panera and we'd be, where are the women in this business? We didn't know a lot of them, to be honest. We knew there were a lot. We had a hunch, but we just didn't know them. And we said, well, how great it would be to bring them together, like-minded community, and how about we interview them and see what their secret sauce is? So we looked for it and we couldn't find it. So we created something that we didn't find. And then everything kind of launched from there. What do you see as something that women in real estate can benefit from? And what's holding them back? What's really interesting is that in terms of benefits, statistics are interesting. Women statistically outlive men, just straight statistics, right? Six to eight years. In whatever relationship you're in, whether your, your partnership relationship looks like, that's just something that tends to happen, right? What's interesting is my grandmother, she didn't even have the checkbook. She didn't know much about the money piece. Then I kind of saw my mother and my father. My mother knew more than my grandmother in that generation. It seemed like from a role perspective, and every family is different. So what's interesting is I think women have such an ability and have such advantages and the need to become more financially secure, whether through helping their families, whether they're doing it for legacy. There's so many advantages of women investors taking control of your own investing world. I think our generation or this generation, it seems like there's more of that interest working on your own terms, living life on your own terms, right? Not just trading time for money, having flexibility with family and all the other things you're doing in your life. So the investing world, I think fits perfectly in with what a lot of women want and need, right? We just want to live life on our own terms. So does men, the hats, right? Women wear a lot of hats, so do men, but I can only speak from this perspective and we do it alone. We often will do it alone, but we can't do it alone. So that's where the community comes in. There's a tons of advantages of women investing, actually, statistically. I've done a lot of research and it seems like there's a lot of advantages too. More conservative, but actually there's a lot of strong research that shows when women start investing, they do very well. What's holding them back? That's another good question, Ash. That's something me and Andres have become really curious about because that's what we're in the business of, right? Trying to support women and empower them and help them and quite honestly create the community that they're going to get their answers and get the support they need. A few things. We often think knowledge holds us back. If you polled a lot of, especially men and women, but especially women, what hold you back to investing or taking the leap or even changing niches, going from flipping to short-term rentals or a syndication and doing things on your own to raising money with other people. They say it's the knowledge, but in reality, it comes back to just confidence. So yes, women often feel like they need to know everything. We need to know A through Z. And until I really know it, I don't want to do it. And that's a common thread that I see a lot. And this is the women we talk to. But then we start to surround ourselves with other like-minded women. We're like, hold on, we don't have to know it all. We have to be able to pull a team together and lean on other people. I don't need to be the expert in this. And that's the joy of seeing a lot of women closing deals, making things happen because they're not trying to figure out all by themselves. It's very lonely to do that. It's very overwhelming too. I'm thinking back to the best ever conference, which was not too long ago. And all the women that I interacted with were just savages. They were killers when it comes to real estate. So it's great to have that community. I also think back to when I was in the corporate world and a lot of these nuances that held women back, you don't see that as much in real estate. It's kind of a more even playing field. Yeah, You You don't have to try to play in somebody else's sandbox. You can kind of carve your own path. And from my experience, the women that I've partnered with and worked with are more tenacious. And an attribute I think most women have is they don't take things personally like men do. And a good yeah. example is in sports, the female mm. race car drivers, 
if they get bumped or somebody runs them off the road, they don't make it a point to go get even. They just want to win. Whereas the men, their mm. mindset changes. And NASCAR is a great example with Danica Patrick. They are determined to get payback. Just my observations. Have you read the book Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg? I have. And I really admire her a lot. I admire thought leaders that are really out there creating these communities, creating the support, creating different ways of looking at it and just being a stand for women and men. I was on a podcast, Ash, not very long ago. And the first question the gentleman asked me was, he said, why should men care? Literally the first question is 9 a.m. in the morning too. So I'm, let me get another drink of my coffee. No, but that was the first question he started with. You know, coffee, and I, I, you probably need scotch for that question. <laughs> I know. And I said, great question. In hindsight, it was like, whoa. But with anything that you're shifting and there's a sense of pushing towards equality and shared equality, everyone's involved in that or should be involved in it or should care to be involved in it, to be honest. That's not always the case, but that's why I love, there's so many men that support our community. There's so many men that appreciate our community. And I'm so grateful for that. And I feel like we have so many allies. And I think that it's not an us versus them. I have really great relationships with men. And we didn't create this out of this us versus them place, which sometimes people create things for different reasons, but it's all about really creating the space for women so that they can keep building relationships with whomever on whatever level. And that's really what it's about, which sometimes can get misconstrued by different women's communities. What's your advice to our best ever listeners that are female? Maybe they're a little bit older and they're wanting to get into real estate. And the traditional route is you get your real estate license, just become a realtor and show residential houses, but there's so much more to real estate. What's your message to those women? Yeah, we do a lot of content. We do a lot of teaching, Ash. And what I've seen over the years is the need for evaluating, do you need to be an active or passive investor? And that question can't get answered until you know what your short-term and your long-term goals are. So I'd really encourage to that woman who you just spoke about to say, okay, what truly do I want to achieve with real estate investing? In what time? So in other words, from a financial perspective, from a experience perspective, from all of the different pieces. So if they get clarity, not what I should do or should need, but is this for retirement planning? Do I love my job and I'm just trying to get ready for five years, 10 years down the road? What do I hate what I'm doing, Ash? I just hate it. And I want to move on to something I really love and can jump into. So I think the need to really evaluate short-term and long-term goals, your why, all those kind of clarity, big picture questions first, and then you could start to get into, okay, if I'm trying to achieve retirement and I want to make X dollars in five years, can I achieve that? We all want to achieve things in the simplest, easiest way. Let's be honest. And so if I can achieve that goal by investing with somebody passively, non-accredited, accredited, you can passively invest either way, depending on the deal, obviously in the project, would that serve my needs? Because let's be honest, some people don't have the time or the interest to go into that property and go, I want to renovate this. They don't love the smell of lumber or whatever things that investors really love. They want to just make passive income, period, because of where they are in their life, the time that they have, et cetera, et cetera. So often people think they have to jump into active investing when in reality, they might be able to just passively invest and achieve the goals they need and want regardless. I'm an active investor and a passive investor. The project we just did, me and my husband, we passively invested in it as an LP, a limited partner. And obviously we're on the active side, on the general partner side. 
We want to do more passive things. We've been doing this for 16 years. We were really active at the beginning, right? You're doing everything. I'm cleaning apartments. My husband's showing apartments. We're doing literally A to Z, right? So I guess that's the message I'd give to the women you were just speaking about is to really assess where you want to be and then assess how active do I want to be? What's my time? What's my money investment? And then you could take a step back and go niches and where should I place my looking to learn and evolve here versus people just jump in too fast to learning about short-term rentals when that might not be the right niche for you based on your goals. We'll get back to the show with first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. When it comes to scaling your real estate business, is lack of capital holding you back? Raising private capital on demand can be a major challenge, but you can get the knowledge and tools you need to succeed when you attend Dana Cornell's four-week Raise Capital Masterclass Live. After starting out with no capital or relationships, Dana has raised over $1 billion twice in the past 20 years. And he has made it his mission to share the best of what he's learned with business owners and investors like you. You can learn more at danacornell.com forward slash best ever. Dana's Raise Capital Masterclass Live allows you to immediately unlock and raise capital on demand, drastically increasing your business's growth. If you're ready to take your business to the next level, go to danacornell.com forward slash best ever to enroll today. I'd like to introduce you to my good friends over at PassiveInvesting.com, a private equity real estate firm based out of the Carolinas. PassiveInvesting.com makes it easy for you to start investing in real estate. They focus on acquiring institutional quality apartments and self-storage facilities with private accredited investor funds. They also have a real estate debt fund that offers hard money loans to local fix and flippers across the U.S., which currently has a 0% default rate. With a portfolio of over $700 million in assets and controlling over $250 million in equity, they know how to secure the best deals and how to avoid the red flags. If you are interested in learning more, please reach out directly to PassiveInvesting.com and request the free Passive investor guide that outlines the seven red flags for passive apartment and self-storage investing. Visit PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags to download that PDF now. That's PassiveInvesting.com forward slash red flags. Liz, let me rephrase that question another way. What would your advice be to younger women, maybe just coming out of school, whether it's high school or college, wanting to get into real estate and may think it's a daunting task or insurmountable for them? Yeah, totally different strategy. I would suggest to them that they do what my husband and I didn't do, to be honest. You pay for your education one way or the other, right? So you're either paying for mistakes and then you learn from them and you don't do it again, or people go get coaching or they learn and mentor under people. And it might be a little simpler of a route to do the third. My husband and I didn't mentor under anyone, Ash, and I wish we had mentors early on. We paid for that education. We lost money on the flip or we did this differently. And that's how we learned, right? Through school hard knocks. I would say if you're young and you really like real estate and you want to get onto the investment side is to meet people in your local community, as local as you can get would be great because there's so much of investing that's local. That's what's great about real estate. It's it's brick and mortar, right? You can see it, you can touch it and get to know the local players. If the multifamily intrigues you, Find the multifamily players. If short-term rentals intrigues you, which everyone wants a vacation rental these days, then get to know the players. Get to know those local rock stars and start to build a relationship with them. And then once you start building a relationship with them, say, how can I help you? How can I work for free for you? People that are growing their portfolios from five to 10 deals to 
thousand deals. Everyone needs help with something. I can literally give you a list of 20 things that I need help with right now and invest her in, in, in Derosa. We all need help to grow, right? Even if we have a team. So my point saying that, I wish we did that early on, Ash. I wish in our 20s, because that's when we started, just said we found some really rock star investors and said, how can we help you? How can we work for free? Whatever you need, just to be around that and be around really great mentors. That would be my biggest recommendation is don't do it alone. Learn from people, but you got to add value. And you don't know what that value is if you don't build a relationship. I love it. Liz, I got to ask you a question. We were at the best ever conference and I met somebody who I think was either starting or going to a women's group meetup in the morning the next day. And I said, Hey, like, can I go? This sounds awesome. And they're like, yeah, sure. Obviously, it was intimidating because I was probably going to be the only guy there. It clearly said women's meetup. But I felt like I was being discluded, right? Almost as if somebody had a meeting for graduate students only. You have to have a graduate degree. It's like, hey, man, I want to play in that sandbox too. Maybe I can add value or get something out of it. What are your thoughts on that when men are discluded? And what is your opinion on that? Should it be solely women only? Mm, that's a good question. So we have meetups across the country, Ash. So we have 55 meetups and we started with one. And the idea with these meetups, the meetups were all about creating a safe space for women. So meaning, Ash, the need for a safe space. I've had women in meetups. Now our meetups have women and men can come. It's geared towards women. Obviously our community is geared towards women, but our meetups are open to the public. So anyone can come, obviously. And I used to go to a lot of our meetups before COVID, a lot of local ones. I would go, I would speak. And there was a meetup that I went to and there was four men and there was about 30 women. And I welcomed them. I said, hello, very nice to everyone. And we sat down and started listening to the speaker. When the speaker said, do you have any questions to this group? I'm not kidding. One out of the four men proceeded to ask probably about 15 questions. And all the women, no one asked any of the questions. This gentleman literally just took the meeting over. And I'm not saying all men do that, but I'm saying just sharing an experience. So I want to answer your question, but I want to give an example really quickly. So what then proceeded to happen was I saw the women in the back. They kind of looked like they had questions. They just didn't feel comfortable asking them. And this one gentleman literally just had his hand up the whole time. So the meeting ended, we moved on. And I went up to the women at the back. I said, did you guys have some questions? Because I knew the content is about multifamily and I can support you. They look newer too. They're like, we did have some questions. We felt really intimidated. And so we didn't put our hands up and just felt really intimidated. So I give that example. Now, this gentleman was asking his questions, right? God bless him. He wants to ask questions. Great. Not to make him wrong. However, by him kind of taking over the meeting in this women's group, the women actually didn't feel comfortable to ask their questions and felt stupid or what have you. So I'm just telling you that not that that's every experience, but I think what we're trying to create here, Ash, listen, society should be men and women. There should be events. There should be everything. What we're up to and why it's important, in my opinion, that there are safe places for women to get the support they need is they don't feel comfortable in those other meetings where there is a lot of that back and forth and for whatever reason, right? And maybe there would be a need one day that our meetups will not be needed. I don't know, but right now they are. And women really appreciate the kind of safety of it. And you think like safety, what's the big deal? Just ask your question. What's the big deal? But there's something intimidating about other stories they have or other experiences they've had, especially women who are newer to this space. And they feel like morons that they have to ask what NOI means or what have you. So I say that because I do feel like there is a need that there is safe space for women to get and give the support they need because they haven't always got it in their life. And I do think there is a very good need and 
place for women and men to work together, to engage together, and to, of course, partner together. So it's not like an exclusivity in and of itself. It's exclusivity in the sense of, or focus, because women aren't getting this somewhere else. So they need to get it here. Does that make sense? Thank you. Yeah, that actually clears it up tremendously. And I probably would have been that bull in a China shop if I went to that women's meetup and would have just asked a bunch of questions and try to do what I do. Cheryl Sandberg had a great story in her book where she was speaking at a college. And just for our best ever listeners, I'll share the story. She was speaking at a university or a corporation. And she said, okay, one more question. Well, after that one question was asked, the men in the audience kept raising their hands and she kept going on and on and answering more questions for several more minutes. And later on, some of the females walked up to her and said, Hey, I really wanted to ask this question. And she's like, why didn't you ask it? Well, it's because you said one more question. So yeah, I get those cultural nuances. And again, thank you. Cause that clears up a lot. And I'm going to share another story. We were at an aquarium and my daughter was in the audience. There was a bunch of kids there. There was a penguin trainer and said, okay, last question. And I made her keep her hand up until her question was answered. So Good for her. Um, I get a lot of what you're saying and really thank you, at least from my perspective, clearing that up. Cause I went from feeling excluded to now understanding why, and that's incredible. So thank you again. What is your best real estate investing advice ever? Don't give up. And even when you have the moment of, am I cut out for this? Things aren't moving as fast as you want them to, or you're not making the money you want or what have you. There's so many times I feel like in 16 years of investing that I asked that question (laughs) and my husband did too. And like, are we cut out for this? And we just kept going and not giving up and finally created a stride and a niche and went all in on that and tweaked and really developed a business out of it. So I would just say, don't give up. Liz, what is an example of something that happened in real estate that happened because you were a female, Hmm. negative or positive? I have to say I was on the building of relationships perspective and a lot of when we were finding deal flow. So we didn't do a lot of cold calling. As we grew our business, we built relationships with brokers, which is something both me and Matt did early on, small multis, what have you. And I have to say, I really love building relationships with people. It's one of my core geniuses or one of my strengths, if you will. And I felt like it was an advantage. I worked with a lot of men who were commercial brokers and built really good relationships with them. Would I have if I was a man? I don't know. Maybe. I'm not really sure. All I can speak from is my own experience. I wasn't competitive to them. I was like inclusive. I was supportive. I was very tenacious though. We wanted to be known as when you have that next 18 unit, you call us kind of deal. And that's what happened. I've always seen it as an advantage, honestly, Ash, even before Investor. I see being a woman in this business is a complete advantage. Yeah, women, great example. I would much rather talk to you than somebody like me. <laughs> you know, an abrasive guy from Jersey. I'd rather talk to you. Liz, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Yes. Liz, what's the best ever book you recently read? I Five Have It by Mel Robbins. Big fan of hers. And she just came out with that book. What was your big takeaway from that? It's such a simple book. I'm almost like, why do I even need to read this, honestly? Because a lot of people think like, you got to give yourself a high five and that's going to that's gonna change your life. I love about Mel Robbins. She always gives great statistics, neuroscience of why appreciating yourself and literally giving yourself a high five in the mirror 
psychologically impacts your way of looking at yourself and then thus affects the way you enter your day. So such a simple thing actually is quite deep. And I love listening to her. She gives great stories and just great statistics too and science-based stuff. Man, that sounds powerful. If I did that every morning, yeah, that would be cool. Liz, what's the best ever way you like to give back? I actually recently found an organization. They're national. They're called Lasagna Love. Really cool. I'm Italian. My parents are from Brooklyn. So making lasagna, meatballs, all those sort of things was very natural to us. So I found this organization and basically they pair you up with people could be coming back from having surgery. Could be there's a need for some reason. And they pair you up with people in your community within a 30 minute radius. You get like a little email. Hey, so-and-so needs lasagna and you connect with them and then you bring the lasagna to the family. It's just a neat way to give back. It's not like every week, but I really like making lasagna and I really love giving back. So it's a kind of a cool nonprofit that um, I volunteer through. That sounds fun. And Liz, how can the best ever listeners reach out to you? We have a lot of things happening on the various businesses I'm involved in, but definitely in terms of seeing some content from the DeRosa side, derosagroup.com. We always have stuff going on, Matt's YouTube channel, et cetera, for the women and men love our podcast too, Ash, I have to say. Men really do appreciate our podcast as well. Our podcast, The Real Estate Investor Show, as well as our meetups and our community and Investor Con that's coming up June 23rd and 24th. Kim Kiyosaki is our keynote. We have 20 speakers, five keynotes. It's just going to be a really neat transformational experience for women investors in Charlotte, North Carolina. We're going to have it at the Westin. But all that stuff is on our website, therealestateinvestor.com. And I'm very engaged in our Facebook community. I'd love to connect with anyone listening. If you want to tag me, ask me a question in our Facebook community. We're all about helping women. Incredible. And just so our best ever listeners know, it's invest H-E-R. Yes. The real estate invest H-E-R.com. You got it. Liz, we didn't talk a whole lot about real estate, but I feel like the conversation that we had about mindset with both men and women will do our best ever listeners a lot of service. So thank you for your time today. Thank you so much for having me, Ash. Really appreciate it. Best ever listeners. Thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star review. Share this podcast with someone you think can benefit from it. Also, follow, subscribe, and have a best ever day.